Welcome to the Radiate Church Podcast. We are so excited that you've tuned in to check out what God is doing here in Radiate Church, located in Elgin, South Carolina. Take a moment and click that subscribe button. That way, every Monday morning, you'll receive new content right on your device. Life-changing messages, discussions, and conversations that will not only help you grow closer to Jesus, but will help equip and empower you to live the life God intends. In this episode, we begin a brand new series called Killing Roots, where we look past the symptoms and get right to the root of what may be causing you pain. Hey, this has been an amazing series. Just hear this. Just last week, we had six people give their lives to Jesus last week and 15, 15 get baptized. Come on now. I'm excited. I love what God's doing in the house. I love what God's doing through this series, man. I don't know about you, but when we sing a song like this is a move and we start learning about and hearing about what God's doing and what he's still capable of. And I just believe there's something powerful that happens in declaration. Anybody in the room? And when you begin to declare who God is and what God can do, rather than just hoping that one day he'll show up in that form, come on somebody, that I think something amazing takes place. And uh, and I just felt like a move was starting to shift in the room today. How many of you guys just need a move of God in your life? Like, and maybe your God, maybe your life is good, but you still want a move of God in your life today. Come on, if that's you, if that's you. Close your eyes, throw your hands in the air. We're going to lift this up to God. Come on, just throw your hands in the air. Father, right now, our hands are lifted in expectation for what you're going to do. Ephesians 3 tells me that you want to exceed my expectations. And because of that, God, we just say we need a move. We want to move. We want to experience you in greater ways, God, than we ever have before. We honor you. We praise you. We worship you. Open us up. Pour in and take us where you want us to go today. And we love you. In your name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. You can go ahead and turn in or on your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14 today. Matthew chapter 14, as you're turning there, you're going to hear more about this at the end, but I want to encourage you, grab a handful of these invites on your way out, hand them out. We start a brand new series called My Best Life next week, and uh, maybe you've seen the hashtag living my best life or whatever that sounds like or looks like for so many people, but next week we want to get into a series and start talking about what does that actually mean for us to live our best life every single day, And, and I'm here to tell you it started in Killing Roots. It started when we started killing roots in our lives that were holding us back. And, and so I want to talk today, right, about a, about a few things. And, and, and today I want to talk about a very popular topic, a very popular topic. We've gotten so much, we put the, the graphic out and the video out that we were going to extend one more week, killing roots and talk about anxiety. And y'all, our inbox got blown up. My wife's phone got blown up that, man, I'm excited about this. You know, I, I walked into the office and, and Pastor Chris is like, dude, I've gotten so many messages about how this is going to impact people and, and things like that. And, and so I, I need to set a few things up before we get into this today, right? So here's the first thing I need you to understand that because we live in a fallen world, right? We don't live in the perfect world God created in Genesis chapter one. Uh, because of Satan uh, uh, being disobedient and, and, and getting kicked out, we live in a fallen world that is impacted by Satan, impacted by the devil. There are sicknesses, there are crimes, there are things that go on. And so I wanna tell you today, now, there are some of you sitting in the room, and you're going to feel like my entire st- uh, uh, sermon today, my entire message today is going to be telling you or anybody else that if you deal with anxiety, you're a terrible person. I need to say right off the beginning, that is not the case. Hear me today. That does not make you less of a Christian, less of a lover of Jesus. 
That just means that there are some things that there's some of you in the room, you need professional help to get through the issue. Any, any, you need that. We need to know, you need to know I'm behind you in that. You need to know that I support your decision for counseling. I support your decision to go and get professional help because there is, because we live in a fallen world, unfortunately there is a sickness that a lot of us deal with. If that wasn't the case, I wouldn't have a computer making my heart tick this morning. Let's be honest. The truth of the matter is there are some things in our lives we need professional help with. Here's part of the issue with anxiety, right? Part of the issue with anxiety is sometimes we allow it to label us more than it's just something that we're getting through. It becomes who we are. It becomes a part of our personality. It becomes a part of our DNA. And I'm here to tell you something. That's not the way that we were meant to live. It doesn't mean that we don't go get help. It means that we can push through it. Are you with me today? And so I want to I want to say right off the beginning, right out of the beginning, because some of you walked in here and you're like, oh, my goodness, he's going to tell me I'm, you got anxiety about a message on anxiety. That's what happened. Right. And I just want to tell you, calm down, take notes. Let's pray through this and live through this together, because I believe there's a process of sanctification. There's a process that can take place. And and there's 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 uh, several types of anxiety. Right. And so one type of anxiety is the, is the kind that you need professional help to get through. You need a, a counselor and you need a doctor and you need some people to help you get through this season until you get to a season of breakthrough in your, in your, in your anxiety, right? And then there's this, the, the normal everyday, it's not really anxiety, it's really just pressure and we want to hide it in anxiety because that's a, that's a cute little buzzword that, that goes on today. For a lot of like some of us are like, I got so much anxiety about this football game that's coming up. No, 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 no. You just don't know how it's going to end up. Right. It's not it's not an anxiety. I have so much anxiety because I have a I have a timeline to meet with my boss. Well, that's not anxiety. That's called work. OK, that's called, that's called work. And even if you're the boss, some people are like, I just want to be the boss. So I can tell everybody else when to turn things in. Trust me, there's deadlines for that, too. All right. It doesn't get better. In fact, it gets worse. There's more pressure on you because their missed deadline is now your missed deadline, right? And so there's different types of, of life anxiety. There's work anxiety. There's, there's anxiety of financial issues and, and personal issues and parent, any parents in the house, any one-day parents. In the, you know what I'm talking about when I say there's kid anxiety. I got three kids, and praise God, I, wow, my prayer life has never been better, <laughs> right? And so there's, there's types of anxiety in this thing and, and types of stress and, and types of worry. And so we have to understand that, that sometimes we have to differentiate between the two. Just because you're stressed at work because there's a lot going on doesn't mean that you need to run and, and have this label on you that you struggle with anxiety. It just means that you've got a lot of stress that you have to manage. A lot of responsibilities you have to manage. And, and we've got to go through this and we've got to understand this. We've got to be real with ourselves today. We gotta be real with ourselves, not just on a mental aspect and not just on an emotional aspect. We gotta be real with ourselves on a spiritual aspect because if we're not real with ourselves then we're never gonna make progress on anything. And, and some of us deal with this thing to where uh, uh, anxiety is such, such a, a, a frustrating and debilitating disease, we can't even make decisions in the moment. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'll never forget uh, I, I don't deal with it a ton on my, my own, but I'll never forget when I found out about my heart condition and I was sitting in a doctor's office, right? And, and this is the type of anxiety that grips you in the moment. It doesn't define you for life. It's just in a moment of fear, right? 
And I'll never forget when I found out that I had to go to the uh, 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 hospital immediately, right? And I'll never forget that uh, all these things that were going on, and I, it was hard for me in that moment to make a decision. And here was all the only decision I had to make. We can either take you by ambulance to the hospital or you can drive. And I remember, I looked at the doctor, I was like, I don't know, I need to call my mom. I'm serious. My dad was at work. I couldn't call him. I was like, I'm going to call mom. And mom said, well, can you drive? And I was like, I mean, I, I think. And she goes and get in the car and drive to the hospital. Right? But in that moment, there was, there was, a, there was a moment of fear and anxiety and uncertainty, right? Can I tell you, there's still moments of that in my life. And, and some of it's brought on by work. Some of it's brought on by health conditions. We all deal with it in, in, in different ways. And, and so I want you to hear me today when I say this. Please never be ashamed that if you're at a place to where it is debilitating in your life and you feel worthless and you feel like it's just getting to a place to where you can't even live and you don't want to live or need to live, I need to tell you this and you need to hear me. And some of you are going to be like, that's not the spiritual answer. This is the spiritual answer and it is the right answer. And I'm telling you this, go get help Today, nobody in this church will look bad on you or down on you or judge you. Go get the help that you need because you are worthy, you are enough, you are good, you are called, you are anointed, you are appointed, and you are blessed by God. Don't you dare let the enemy come in and mess with your mind to the point where you feel worthless and you can't make it anymore. Go get the help that you need today. Come on, church, support somebody that's in that need today. But if we don't get a grip on it and understand the root of it, we can't ever get through it. Pastor Travis alluded to it a couple times uh, this morning, but about one in five, about 20% of the U.S. population, hear me, about 20% of the U.S. population actually deals with anxiety in their life. That's, that's crazy. That is a very, very high statistic. In, in fact, here's the effects of what anxiety can do to your body, right? This is what it can do to your body. So remember last week I talked about how spiritual fruit, uh, roots have physical fruits, this is what anxiety can do to your body. It can, give you, uh, it can make your heart pound and beat out of your chest with chest pain. In fact, they say it like this. Anxiety can mimic a heart attack, and there's nothing wrong with your heart. You can get so worked up and so worried. Some of you are like, been there, done that, right? To where you just feel like you're having, and they call it panic attacks. They call it anxiety attacks. The truth of the matter, it feels like a heart attack. You feel like you're going to die. Then, then there's, it can create insomnia. You can't sleep. You create uh, a muscle tension to where your muscles are just constantly tight. You know, I, I, I have to go to physical therapy right now for the surgery I just came out of. And, and they ask me all the time, do you have headaches from the muscle tension that's going on up here from the surgery? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. And he goes, a lot of times when the muscles get tense, it creates headaches, which then causes other problems. And most people come in with, head, uh, with muscle tension, but it's not from anything they've done. It's from anxiety. Physical therapist. It's crazy, right? Negativity. Right? It creates negativity. We can't see the world through pure eyes. We see it through negative eyes and, 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 and victim, victim eyes. And it creates mood swings. That just, that just helped a lot of you out right there. <laughs> some, of you, some of you couples are going to go home today and be like, I know what's wrong with you. <laughs> Get rid of the root. <laughs> right? It creates mood swings. It creates so many things. And, and here's what I want you to know. You were never meant. You were never meant to live that way. Hear me today. Please hear me. Please hear my heart. I understand where you're at, and I understand it's a real thing, but you were never created to walk life 
in fear. You were never created to walk through life doubting everything, questioning everything, wondering everything. Some of us, the best thing we can do to defeat anxiety is make a decision we feel like God's telling us to make and let him work the rest out, and we just go right up against it because some of us can't even make a decision because we're too afraid of what we don't even know will happen. And so anxiety makes us create an assumption, a reality. I assume this is what will happen, and I assume this is what they'll think about me. And so now it's a reality in my life, and I'm going to stew over that rather than the, the obedience of the decision. And now I can't move forward because the assumption that I've been worried about is now my reality. You with me? And so we're in this thing, and, and we got to understand that, hear me, at the, at the core of anxiety is this, fear. At the core of anxiety, I've done so much research on this, and, and this isn't just like me coming up with stuff that's going to sound good from a stage, because I don't care if I preach a good sermon as long as it impacts somebody's life. And, and the truth of the matter is that the core of anxiety is fear. It's fear of the unknown. It's fear of, of acceptance. It's fear of all these things. I had somebody ask me this week. They said, Pastor, you seem like such a cool, calm, and collected guy. And I'm like, you ever been around me? <laughs> Pretty high strong. Right? Pretty intense. And so, like, he said, you're such a cool, calm, and collected guy. You don't seem like you've ever dealt with anxiety. And I, was, I got to thinking. I was like, you know, I really probably haven't. I probably make decisions too quick sometimes and, and don't let it do that. But then I got to thinking, I used to deal so much with worrying about how other people would accept me. It created anxiety in my life. So it wasn't that I was anxious about a problem. I was anxious about how you would like me. I was anxious about the acceptance. In fact, I'm going to be real honest, for the first probably five years of this church's existence, I dealt with the anxiety of having people like me, depending on my sermons, my decisions, the people and everything. And I just had to come to a place where I broke down one day. And God was like, I don't need them to like you. I need you to be their pastor. I need you to preach the word. I need you to give them what they need. I need you to feed them. I don't, they don't need another best friend. They need a pastor in their life. And, and it broke me of some of that. And some of our people are like, I don't know if I'm okay with that. And I'm here to tell you something. If you need a best friend, we got plenty of them sitting around. My call in life is to call out of you what's in you. And so some of us walk around with this anxiety. I got to thinking. I looked at him and I said, man, I used to deal with how people thought about me all the time. Like I used to, I, I, you ever done this? Warp your decisions in the way you live based on how somebody else might receive it? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, this person might get really upset with me if I do this and think that, so I'm not going to say this and I'm not going to say that. Some of that is smart, and then some of that is just anxiety taking over. And so we're in this thing, and, and fear is the, the core of anxiety is fear, fear of the unknown, for it, fear of personal issues, whatever. Fear at its core is the doubt of what's going to happen. Think about this. We're breaking down anxiety. Anxiety at its core is, the fear, of, uh, is fear. Fear at its core is doubt. And fear and doubt is anti-faith. Hear me. Anxiety at its core is fear. Fear at its core is doubt. And fear and doubt, if you look throughout the Bible, you can never show me where fear and doubt is in support with faith. They never run together. In fact, there's a lot of stories and, and a lot of things in the Bible that teach us how to get through fear, how to get through that doubt and what happens. I want to tell you a quick story before we, we move into something, but there was an older Cherokee guy. He was talking to his, uh, his grandson one day, and they were out together, and, and the guy decided he was going to tell his, son, his grandson a story. And so he looks at him, he says, Son, he said, I want you to understand this about life. He said, Every single person in life has two wolves on the inside of them fighting. 
at all times. He says, the first, the first wolf is, is the wolf and he carries, he carries fear. He get, that carries anxiety, that carries concern, that carries uncertainty, it carries hesitancy, indecision, it carries inaction. Anybody ever dealt with all those things? Y'all are like, oh, okay, all right. So the first one's fear. We have indecision. I don't even know where I want to go eat today. For me, it's I don't know where I want to go eat because I want to eat at all. For other people, it's they don't know where they want to go eat because the person that's with them might not like where they want to go eat. It's indecision and inaction based on anxiety and fear. And so one is fear and it carries all those things. And then the other is faith. The other wolf is faith. And, and, and faith with it brings uh, uh, calmness and, and conviction and, and confidence and enthusiasm and decisiveness and excitement about life. It's like that wolf is like, yeah, let's go. I got this. Woo! I love life. Right? The other wolf is like, oh, no. Right? And so the granddad is telling the story to the grandson, and the, you see the grandson, he's sitting there and he thinks on it for a moment, and then he looks at his granddad. He asks a question that any kid would ask that any of us would ask. He looks at his granddad and he says, Hey, so that's all well and good, but which wolf wins? And here's what the granddad says, and it's wise advice the one you feed the most. The one you feed the most. The one you starve isn't strong enough to win. But the one you feed is big enough to win every single time. In, in fact, I, I love this, and it couples in with 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. And it's just a reference today. You can write that down, 2 Timothy 1, 7. It says that we are, we're never given a spirit of fear and timidity, but a spirit of power and of boldness. Hear me today. You were never meant to walk in timidity and in inaction and indecisiveness and fear and frustration and anger and all this stuff. And most of you, or some of you, it's not that you're dealing with unforgiveness. It's you're angry because you can't make a decision because your brain won't let you. And so it's aggravating and it's frustrating and it's hurtful. And you can't even love the person that you're supposed to love because you're overthinking it all. And I just want to tell you, it is possible, no matter where you are in the fight with anxiety, it is possible to walk in love and boldness and acceptance and not walk in fear and timidity. In fact, the Bible tells us that was, that was our call. That is our original intent, is to walk in love and not fear. So which one are we feeding? That's the real question. We have to feed our faith and don't you ever let anybody or anything ever tell you that you're not a good enough Christian because you deal with anxiety to an extent. That's the enemy trying to label you. Here's the thing. Remember last week we talked about sanctification and it's a process of unholiness leaving our spirit. And the truth of the matter is sometimes anxiety is a process of getting that stuff out of us and learning how to think again and learning how to make decisions and learning how to trust God. And actually if you go throughout the Bible there's a lot of stories about this. But I, wanna, I just wanted to go to a really popular one today because I wanted to show you that even if you're not a Bible scholar, there's really popular stories that talk about this. And in Matthew chapter 14, Matthew chapter 14, it, it gives us this great story through, of 22 through, 30, uh, 22 through 33 in the Bible. It says this, it starts with this. It says, immediately he made the disciples, he being Jesus, get into the boat, go ahead, in, ahead of him to the other side. And while he sent the crowds away, after he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. 
Verse 24, but the boat was already a long distance from land. Battered, please understand this. Please hear this. I like this. Underline this. Whatever you need to do because this is an important part of the story that we're going to get to. It says, battered by the waves for the wind was contrary. There was a storm there. Verse 25, and in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, him, Jesus, coming to the disciples, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. That's what most of us would have done too. Like, holy cow, that's a ghost. And they cried out in fear or they cried out in anxiety. Right? Verse 27. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. And Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But seeing the wind, and he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind stopped, and those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, You are certainly God's son. So it's a really popular story that most of us, no matter where we are in, in life, no matter where we are in our spiritual walk, have, have probably heard. And there's three things I want to point out very quickly today about anxiety in this story. And the first one is this. we got to realize and understand that fear and anxiety did not creep into the disciples until they were disconnected from Jesus. So it says that Jesus had just performed a miracle, right? And, and they were with him. And then he looks at him and says, I need you to get in the boat and go over there. I'm going over here. In other words, hear me. This is something, too, it's a little caveat here in the story. But after Jesus did great things and wanted to do even greater things, he went and spent time with the Father by himself. Stop thinking that corporate prayer is going to get you to the greatness of God. What you do in private comes out in public. You will never see God move in a great way in your life, in your family's life, in your church's life, unless you are supporting it in prayer and hearing what God wants. And so Jesus looks at him, he says, get in the boat, go across the sea. Jesus goes, he's disconnected from the disciples. He gets up on the mountaintop. He gets on the mountain. He's spending time alone in prayer with God, right? And so he's in this thing. And then it says that they were battered by the waves for the wind was contrary. But then right before that, it says the boat was already a long distance from land. Here's what that means. They were already very separated from Jesus. Focus on this. They were never worried about the storm until they didn't have Jesus to focus on. In the story, they're, they're freaking out. They're anxious. They're worried about everything. And I got to thinking about Psalm chapter 91, verse 4. It, it says this, and, and I want you to take cover. I want you to take refuge in this. It says, Psalm 91 and 4, He will cover you with His pinions, and under His wings, and under His wings you will seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. Leave that up. Some of us are in the room today wondering, why in the world do I deal with what I'm dealing with? Because anxiety makes you feel like there's a constant storm. You may get through one storm, but there's another storm, and then there's another storm, and nothing's ever okay, and nothing's ever good enough, and I'll never be able to make that decision, and I'll never this, and I'll never that, and it's a constant storm after storm after storm after storm. Can I submit to you that maybe the anxiety you're dealing with is not an anxiety of decisions, maybe it's an anxiety of disconnect. 
Because here's what the Psalm 91 tells me. Under his wings you may seek refuge. It doesn't say that you are automatically put under his wings for refuge. It says you may seek it. In other words, it is our decision to get under the covering of our Lord. And I can walk out from under the covering or I can walk into the covering. And here's what I want you to know today. We don't have to be anxious when we know God has us in his hands. They're going to throw that on the screen for you. We don't have to be anxious when we know that God has us in his hands. Ask yourself this based on this question right here. Ask yourself this. Is this a feeling of being disconnected from God? Hear me. Maybe what we're dealing with and struggling with on an everyday basis. Maybe it's not the anxiety and the stresses of life. Maybe it's the disconnect of our spirit. Hear me, hear me. I want to give you this thought. You will never connect with God to his fullness by just sitting in his chair on Sunday mornings. It is Monday to Saturday as much as it is Sunday. We got to get in the word. We got to get in his presence. We got to worship when the band ain't up here praying. We got to worship in a storm. We got to worship when it's hard. We got to pray and talk to God. Many of us don't know his voice because we're not listening to it. We want him to listen to ours, but we're not going to listen to his. Hear me today. Maybe it's a question of are we really connecting under the wings of our Savior? Maybe we're not protected from the storm because we're not under the protection of his wings. Are you with me today? Is this helping anybody? Come on. So we have to ask ourselves, is this a feeling of disconnection? And there was, they were focusing on the storm until something happened. The story was about the storm. And then all of a sudden, in the midst of it all, if you flip back over... And you, and you read the story, they're focusing on the storm, right? No, they weren't. Yeah. I can't even get there. Sorry. They're focusing on the storm, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. And the disciples were, uh, saw him walking on the sea. They were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and saying, take courage in his eye. It was not until they saw Jesus in the storm that they started to feel okay again. Maybe we're focusing on the winds and the waves more than the Savior. Hear me. I know anxiety makes us focus on the problem. I know depression makes us focus on the problem. I know fear makes us try to figure out the outcome. I wonder if some of us aren't dealing with anxiety because we've been raised that we, through our hard work and through our smart brains, can make everything line up the way that we want it to line up. I'm here to tell you something. That is not what even happened when we started following God because it says that in the midst of the storm, Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And then he said this in verse 29. He said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked walked on the water and came towards Jesus. Man, it's amazing that God calmed the storm before, Jesus, before Peter started walking on it. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Hear me. You got to pick up on this. This is life changing. Jesus never calmed the storm before Peter got out of the boat. Many of us think that through our smart brains... Through our, through our willingness and our hard drive that we're just going to step out of a boat onto faith, onto a flat surface and it's going to be easy and it's going to be good there's going to be no winds, there's going to be no waves there's going to be no white caps, there's going to be no sharks nipping at your heels, all that stuff but I'm here to tell you something Jesus never asked Peter to walk on the water when it was smooth 
He only looked at him and said, get out of the boat and come to me in the middle of a storm when you don't know how it's going to end up, when your boat's falling apart, when you're about to capsize, when it don't make sense, when you don't know what's going to happen, when anxiety is at its highest, when you're more fearful than you've ever been, step out of the boat and trust me. In other words, in other words, maybe we don't need to try more. Maybe we need to trust more. Anxiety tells me I got to try harder. I got to try harder. I got to, I got to get through that. I got to do this. I can do this. I can do that. I can make this happen. And God's going, no, you can't. I will never call you out of the boat in the midst of a, of a peaceful season. Because I think in peaceful season, God wants us to sit in the boat and rest because it's peaceful. But in difficult storms, in hard seasons, in frustrating times, that is the times where your soul is in a fight of obedience. And God will often look at us and go, I know you're worried about your financial situation. I know you're anxious about your job. I know you got anxiety, but step out, make a decision, stop trying harder and start trusting harder. Many of us think when we read this and we just blow by the story, we're like, oh, man, Peter got out of the boat. It must have been like, I know it was faith, but dude, he steps out on a flat surface and just starts walking. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that. In fact, it says that it was battered. The, the boat was battered by the winds and the waves. So much so that, so much so that they had a professional fisherman on board. And they were scared. People that had traveled that sea and fished that sea over and over, they knew the landscape of what was happening. And even they had anxiety. Let me just go ahead and set you free from something. I need you to hear this today. If you deal with anxiety, please hear me. It's not always going to work out like you think it will. And here's why that's important for you to know. Because many of us, anxiety comes when it doesn't go like we think it should. And we don't know the outcome. The reason, hear me, the reason you're given a snippet instead of the entire picture a lot of times is because God actually just wants you to get out of the boat before he wants you to chase the finished product. Just get out of the boat. Just step out. I know the winds are, 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 are beating up the ship. I know the waves are high and it's white capping. I know that great white is, is down there. I know all these things. The truth is, I just need you out of the boat. You sat in the boat for 15 years of Christianity and you've never seen me move in great ways. You've never seen the miracles that I can do. You, you say you want to move, but you're sitting in a boat. And I need you to get out of the boat because I want to move in your life, but I can't move in your life as long as you're sitting in comfort. I need you stepping out on the storm. I need you trusting. I need you doing I need you stepping and here's the thing like I know you're like man that makes me a terrible Christian no it doesn't no it doesn't because I want you to pay attention to something there's only one man that was strong enough to get out of the boat there was 11 others that sat there it makes you normal but we were never called to be normal we were called to be aliens of this world that stepped out on the faith of Jesus. We were called to be aliens of this world that loved people like never before. We were called to be something different that walked out on faith, that did things that didn't make any sense and gave everybody else anxiety, but we could walk in peace because we knew the one that had us in his hands and we took refuge, refuge and seeked refuge under his wings because he is the almighty God. In fact, in fact, the Bible says this, not only can we seek refuge under his wings, but it says that like wings on an eagle, we will rise up and soar. On the wings of an eagle, we will rise up and soar. Psalm says that as well. Here's the truth. We can seek refuge under his wing, and then we seek promotion on his wings. Come on, somebody. 
We got to, we got to, I just need to tell you, it's not going to work out like you thought. But here's the great thing. Peter steps out, takes a couple steps, right? And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, you didn't stop the storm. This is scary. I don't have a stable paycheck. My wife is questioning my sanity. But she's done that the whole time. But she's doing it more now. My friends don't understand. Oh, my goodness. And it says he starts to sink. Hear me. But in the midst of his anxious moment, Jesus still reaches down his hand and pulls him back up and puts him in the boat. When we struggle with anxiety, it's not God leaving us alone. It's us focusing on the storm. And every time, he will grab our hand and still put us in a place of safety. I know, in anxiety and in frustration, it feels like, God, you've left me all by myself in this moment. God, I got to figure this out all alone. No, you don't. Reach up, because he's reaching down. In the moment of anxiety, reach up. Look up. Focus on things that are not of this world. Focus on things above and not below. Focus on faith. Because even in the moment of anxiety, he's still reaching down. Because we are not going to figure it out. But he is. The last point I want to give you is notice what happened in the rest of the story. Jesus gets in the boat. Verse 31, immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, you have little faith, why did you doubt? In other words, you were anxious and so you, you portrayed fear and doubt and lack of faith in me. And I don't think it was Jesus beating him up over the question. I think it was Jesus uprooting anxiety in his life. I think it was Jesus going, why, why, man? Like you just saw me change lives through miracles over here on the land and all you did was sail halfway across the, de the sea and now you can't believe. Why do you have a little doubt? Why are you in fear? And then it says, it says that in verse 31 and then verse 32, pay attention to this. When they got into the boat, the wind stopped. Here's why that's important. Because often anxiety can cripple our obedience. Often anxiety causes us not to be able to take a step of faith. And it wasn't until Jesus was in the boat with them that the storm stopped. Hear me. It is not your brilliance that stops the storm. It is your obedience that will stop the storm. Because here's the thing. We need to let our obedience cripple our anxiety not our anxiety cripple our obedience let your obedience cripple your anxiety it says when Jesus got in the boat think of your life as the boat he didn't call the storm he didn't calm it before you stepped out he didn't calm it I know listen some of your like life groups are starting up and I signed up for one but I got anxiety because I don't know who's going to be in that group and like, I ain't putting my business out there when I don't know them. Well, spend a few weeks and get to know them, right? I got anxiety about going to church today. I got anxiety about this and all that's legitimate because I don't know your background. But anxiety will try to keep, in fact, I want to say it this way. It's not anxiety. It's the attack of the enemy through anxiety that stops you from being obedient to the call of God. The only way Hear me. The only way that storm stopped was when Jesus got in the boat with them. 
Many of us are trying to calm the storms in our lives through human ways that don't even make sense to us, but we saw somebody else do it and we feel like it'll work. Hear me. Sleeping eight hours a night is not a way to calm anxiety. It's a way to be healthy. Just hear me. Getting in the gym is not just a way to calm anxiety. It's a way to be healthy. Anxiety doesn't truly calm until Jesus sits in the boat with you. Until it's like, you know what? You know what, God? You know what, Jesus? You know what, Spirit? Man, you know, here's the deal. I'm living my life in this boat and it can get hard and it can get rocky and wavy and windy and it can get all these things, but I've tried to fix it on my own and, 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 it, and it stopped me from being obedient. I haven't given like I should because I get anxiety about what my, sign, my, my finances will look like, right? Like maybe I'm just giving too much. Maybe this, maybe that. And God's going, no, 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 no. That is the fear of the unknown keeping you from being obedient to the one that already knows. I don't need you to be fearful of obedience. I need you to be obedient to the one that knows it all anyway because the one that knows it all anyway has got you in the palm of his hand and can walk you through the storm and calm the storm and grab your hand when nobody else will. I need your obedience to cripple your anxiety. Well, how do I get out of here and do something today? What is God calling you to do? What is God asking you to do? Maybe you felt on your heart for I don't know how long, like, I really need to jump in a life group, but I'm scared. You know what you need to do? Bishop Tony Miller tells, tells me and, and, and a lot of his guys this all the time. Do what the Spirit tells you to do before your mind can talk you out of it. I need to, I need to jump in a group, but I ain't waiting in line to sign up, and I'm not going by there, and I'm not doing this, and I got anxiety, and blah, 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 blah. I'm here to tell you, do what the Spirit's calling you to do before your mind can talk you out of it. Well, I need to, maybe you've been feeling like, I need to jump on a team, jump on a team. I need to pray more, pray more. I, I need to be nicer. Be nicer, right? I need to give my tithe, give your tithe. Sign up for the 90 day tithe challenge. If God don't come through in 90 days of your tithe, we'll write you a check for every penny you gave during that time. You know why? I don't have anxiety about God's promises. I've seen it come through in my life. Here's, here's my point. How do we get through this? We become obedient. I know some of you are like, well, I, I've been going to a counselor and I got medicine and I got all this. Like I said at the beginning, remember, there's sometimes we need professional help to get through it. There's no shame in that. But I'm also here to tell you that most of us, it's become a label that is too convenient for a lack of faith. I'm anxious about it. Now, don't get offended. I'm just calling it like it is. You, some of us, God needs to look at us and go, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Well, I doubted because of the wind. So you got fearful of the wind. Who is the master of the winds? I'm scared of the waves. Oh yeah, well, who calls those the waves? We got to know where all of this comes from. And I want to read you one final scripture. It's found in Matthew chapter 6, 25 through 27 says this for this reason this is Jesus for this reason I say to you do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink nor for your body as to what you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing look at the birds of the air that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not worth much more than they and who of you, 
I, I, I repeat this scripture to a lot of people in my life sometimes. And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? In fact, let's call it like it is if we go back to the beginning of the message and we hear the physical fruits of the spiritual root. Worrying actually takes hours from your life, doesn't add it. I don't know about you, but I got kids that I want to see grow up. I got grandkids that I want to play with one day. I got to know my limitations and I got to manage my limitations so that I can get through this life and still see my kids grow up. So I can watch my son take over this church one day. So I can watch my daughter do what she's going to do. So whatever it is that God's called them to do, I can see that. But worrying doesn't add one single hour to my day. And I don't know about you, but sometimes in my life, I had a lot of decisions and a lot of deadlines and I don't just make a decision and it affects me. Man, it affects over 500, over, over hundreds of people. <laughs> Every decision that's made. And I don't know about you, but that causes stress and anxiety sometimes. And I just gotta go worrying about it doesn't make a decision. Make the decision, trust God and move on. So what can you do today? Closing right here. We can pray more. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in worship. Attending church actually, actually scientifically even helps anxiety. Scientifically, take the spiritual side out. Scientifically, it says attending church and, and, and getting in groups of people like life groups helps anxiety because you got people that got your back. Right? Declare. Hear me today. Declare what God is. If you look on your seat, there's a business card. On one side, it says... Um, Feed your faith, starve your uh, distractions. If you've noticed, over the past several months, I'm wearing a bracelet that says that very thing. You know why? Because I want the wolf that wins to be the wolf that carries faith. <laughs> and the one that I feed wins. On the back of that, I know some of you are like, I can't read that. We'll give you a magnifying glass if we have to. <laughs> On the back, it's got scriptures about anxiety I want you to take I don't care who you are take that card home take several home if you need to place it in a, in a put it in a place to where you can declare God's word over your problem I will declare it says when he got in the boat and he calmed the storm it says that they declared who he was it says and those who were in the boat worshiped him saying, you are certainly God's son. Some of us need to look at the boat of our lives and go, he is God's son. He is the savior of the universe and he is gonna grab my hand and put me in safety. I will take refuge under his wing and I will be promoted on his wing. I will step into a place of forgiveness and freedom and grace and mercy and love and I will be everything he's called me to be because anxiety will not cripple me or label me. I will let my obedience cripple my anxiety. Are you with me today? I just want to pray with you. Has this been helpful? I really hope it has. It's been a hard topic. I've had anxiety about preaching on anxiety. It's been a tough topic. I didn't realize how many people dealt with it until people started reaching out going, I need this, I need this, I need this. If you would just bow your heads with me today. Because I believe what's been happening is God has been dealing with the realness of the pain of anxiety 
And some of us need to uproot it. Need to uproot it. Need to get rid of it. We fight it every single day and do what we've got to do to fight it. So here's what I want to do. I want to ask two questions. One, how many in the room today would say, Pastor, I've never given my life to Jesus, but today I heard about a Jesus that cares about me in my hard times, in my good times, that loves me no matter what, and I want to give him my life today. I want to walk into a new life. I want to walk into salvation. I want to walk into love. I want to walk into forgiveness. I want to walk into the family of God today. Today is my day for salvation. If that's you, would you hold your hand up really high right where you are sitting in your seat today? Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you in the room today would say, this is a root that I need uprooted because it's crippled me for too long and it's held me back and I will not allow that to happen anymore. And pastor, I need to say this by lifting my hand, I am submitting that root to the Father and I will not allow it to define me anymore. Hands are going up before I can even ask all over the room, come on. Hold them up high. This is your moment. This is your moment to go, I'm exposing that doggone root. I'm not worried about it. I'm not freaking out about it. I'm giving it to God. Hold it up through the prayer. Come on. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just declare that your Holy Spirit just reign over this place. There's so many of us in the room today, God, that deal with worry and fear and doubt and anxiety. And God, I just declare that it will not be a label on our lives, but we will work through it, God. If we need professional help, we'll get professional help. But God, we know we need spiritual help. And so God, I just declare that today that we would walk into a moment of faith. We'd walk into a moment of obedience. We'd walk into a lifestyle of pushing forward with you. We'd walk into a lifestyle of focusing on the Father, not the storm. That we'd walk into the lifestyle of not paying attention to the winds and the waves, but we will pay attention to who you are. We will declare how good you are. We will declare that you love us, God, as you are reaching your hand down to lift us up and place us into a place of safety. We reach our hand up and say, we need you and no one else and nothing else. God, I declare that the root of anxiety is being taken away today. It is being killed in our lives. It will no longer hold us back, but we will be pushed forward in boldness. We will be pushed forward in faith. We will be pushed forward in the Father. God, we honor you and we praise you. And if you believe that root is gone today, would you shout amen in the house? Come on, church. 